Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hello, everybody. Well, Mara, the big news this week comes from Young and the Restless, as the show's longest-running cast member, Doug Davidson, revealed on Twitter that he was taken off contract in January and has no current date scheduled to film again. Now, this is a trend we've seen with veteran cast members, many of whom never share their actual contract status publicly. But this was a case where Doug was responding to fans' concerns that he hasn't been seen on the show as much as they would like, and they wanted to know what the story was. Um, but it brings up an interesting topic of discussion because there's so much value to these stars who are so familiar to soap fans, but you have shows that also want to introduce new characters and families. So where does that leave the canvas? Well, it's my personal and probably highly non-controversial opinion that it really is incumbent upon executive producers and head writers to consider you know, ways to use these veteran characters not as window dressing, but as integral to ongoing storylines as, as a mandate. I think mm-hmm. fans feel the character's absence, uh, and I feel like it's true of every show's fan base that these veteran stars are the people they are tuning in to see. Uh, I think when shows put a lot of eggs in the basket of stories that center on new- newcomers, there's almost always fan backlash, and I don't see that changing. I don't think that viewers will ever suddenly decide it's a great idea to have people who are virtual strangers to the audience treated with more care and more attention than veterans. You know, I was just having this discussion with someone I met who was a fan of Another World years ago but hasn't really watched Soap since. And we talked about the landscape of viewership, and I said that realistically, though there are certainly examples and stories today of younger people saying, oh, my grandmother watched, and then my mother watched, and now I watch, you know, that's sort of not the norm anymore. Um, You know, primarily the viewers who tune into soaps have been doing so for decades. So there's really a feeling that the people who should be featured most prominently are the characters who these longtime fans want to see. And I feel that really isn't always what we see on screen today. It isn't. I think that's to the detriment of of the genre. I have more friends who are lapsed viewers than I do have friends who watch one of the shows currently. Ditto. But I do hear from time to time, you know, I was home and I turned on GH and I saw Scotty and I, I watched for a bit. I don't hear ever, you know, I was home and I turned on GH and I saw a scene between three people I've never seen before and I kept watching. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, there's even some parallel to how attached viewers get to specific sets. You know, we hear from viewers who get upset when sets that are familiar to them are changed or simply not featured. And I think that the familiarity and the comfort and the feeling of home that soaps evoke for people, which I think is their main glue for viewers, loses some of its power and potency when that becomes less of a constant. 
Do you remember when one of the recent days regimes cut the Brady pub in half and reduced it to that one booth in the yeah. corner that everybody <laughs> yeah. sat in? Um, you know, people were super upset about that. I mean, that's been around since the 80s. It brings up very specific memories and feelings. You know, you can like look back and remember, oh, you know, Caroline served this or Sean served that. Yeah. And it just, it, it's so specific to viewers' experience with that show. And didn't they reduce the footprint of the Demera Mansion as at that time too? Oh yeah, and the Kyriakis Mansion. Right. And you know the Demera Mansion still really has never bounced back. Bounced back. <laughs> I was just going to say those exact words. Um, but you know they do have Stefano's, you know, portrait hanging up, and they have the chess set, so they have made you know strides in terms of making it feel like it's the Demera Mansion of yore. Right. Now I suppose it's an important point to make that those changes to these sets they weren't implemented willy nilly. They relate to budget and the cost of erecting those sets when they're in use. Now we might not like it, but it is a reality that. You know, if you're going to put the quarter main mansion on recurring, maybe ultimately that's an easier pill for fans to swallow than reducing the screen time of a fan favorite who makes a lot of money per episode. Well, budgets also play a big factor in how many characters we see. Um, I don't know if all of the shows operate the same way, but it's my understanding that shows are trying to spend X amount of money per episode, mm -hmm. so they budget how many characters can be used per episode based on what different actors make. So that plays a big role in what we're seeing on screen. Yeah, and that trend has been going on for years as well. You know, suddenly the big parties become more more intimate <laughs> gatherings and the huge splashy weddings. Maybe they still take place in a church, but, you know, maybe now they're a lot more empty pews. You know, with as spectacular as John and Marlena's recent wedding was on days, I did get a good amount of emails asking why certain characters who are close to the couple were not there. Yeah, and it's not really a mystery. You know, that does come down in most instances to cost. And similarly, the with the shows, to tie it back to the issue of sets, they are allotted a certain number of sets that they can use uh, per day, which is also a financial consideration. I mean, think about how many current characters do not actually have homes on all the shows. Oh my gosh, it's such a pet peeve of mine as a viewer. <laughs> but it, I mean, at the same time, it is kind of like endlessly hilarious to me how many people either live nowhere or live in hotels. Okay, so how many people do you know who actually live in a hotel? No one, none. <laughs> so I actually know one family right now who is living in a hotel, but it is only because they are getting their apartment redone. Fine, that makes sense. Okay. Other than that, it is not a thing. <laughs> totally. Especially in these soap towns. Wouldn't they have houses? or apartments they could move into. I mean, B&B, &B, yes, they can get away with it. They are in Los Angeles. So sure, you could imagine someone comes to the city of Los Angeles and checks into a hotel. But I've never heard, I, I, I've never, like in all my years, heard of someone moving to a town and just living in a hotel while they're house hunting even, you know? It's just another one of those things that exist more or less exclusively in the soap universe. But I think it's like a job requirement on General Hospital that if you're the DA, you have to live at the Metro Court. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Or we can look at the Salem in residence currently. Um, Brady and Eve, who have been pretty much <laughs> classified as like millionaires right. on the show, have been living in one room. Mm -hmm. like they don't even have a suite. Not even a suite. It's There's such not a even shame. a connecting room. They're <laughs> living in just one room. Well, Mara, today we have a very special surprise. Our guest... Kyle Lauder is here in person, marking our first guest who has joined us in the studio. Hi, Kyle. Hello. I'm a trailblazer. I, I, I want to come in and do this in person for the first time. We appreciate you flying all the way to New York just for That's this. exactly what I did. I flew all the way here just for the podcast. Gauntlet thrown. Yeah. I'm set, again, I'm setting the precedent. <laughs> uh, so, Kyle... Very big year for you. Um, yeah. Let's start with the biggest news is your return to Days of Our Lives after a 13-year absence. I know, 13 years. Can you believe that? No. 
I can't um, either. And yes, but <laughs> tell us how it all came about. You know, uh, I don't. I don't even really know where to begin. It, it was so I. I won't bore you with these details, but I was, you know, I, I lived and worked in Vegas for a little bit, and I actually moved here to New York and lived and worked here for a year. And when I, you know, I just I miss my daughter. That's the main the main thing that brought me back to L.A. But I got to be honest, you know, I got back to L.A. and I just started thinking about Days. I don't know why. I can't really explain it. Um, Days was the first professional job I ever had. Um, I was. 19 years old. I just drove cross country. I left Syracuse University where you were. And uh, took a leave of absence <laughs> and I drove cross country. I was 19 when I got to LA. I was didn't have any resume or representation or or experience to speak of. And Days was actually my first audition that I ever, you know, got. I I, I didn't even have an agent at the time, so I kind of this is another story for another time, but I was able to finagle an audition for the show. And um I think it worked in my favor that I didn't have any experience and it was my first audition because I'm like, look, this will be a learning experience and I kind of took the pressure off myself and then Ken Corday and believe Tom Langan was a head writer at the time and the powers that be there just gave me the opportunity of a lifetime. And uh, But the point is, is that it was my, it's like any first experience in your life. You remember your first time <laughs> and my time on days when I started was just every day was a series of firsts and it was like a, almost literally a home away from home for me. The hours were a lot different back then. Um, early mornings, late nights. So sometimes I even slept in my dressing room sometimes. So um, it, was, it was this feeling of, of home. And, and the people on the show, both in front of and behind the camera, became my family because my family was still back in New York and my friends were back in New York. So new family, new friends. And I say all that because the point being is when I got back to L.A., I just I started thinking about days and, and checked back in. I hadn't seen it in a while. And uh, it just got on my brain. And, you know, I won't get into the business aspect of it, but, you know, it's all about timing in this business and what's in the story and what's available at the time. And eventually, I guess the timing was right. You know, they had a, a role, which we won't be talking about exactly what it is today. It's a surprise. But, but we look um, forward to talking around it. You will talk around <laughs> it all day. Um, but yeah, a role came up and I was contacted um, again by the powers that be, Ken, and, and uh, we talked about it. And again, the timing was right. And I said, yeah, let's do it. And it's so good to be back. It really is. What did it feel like to walk into the studio doors? Oh, no, you're no longer 19. With, no, you just had a no. different you know, vantage point in your life. It's, it's a great question because there was this kind of back and forth dance between my first day back there, driving onto the lot, same lot, obviously. It was this dance between feeling like I had never left or maybe just took like a little brief hiatus. And then on the other side of that, I'd been gone for 13 years at the same time. So it was back and forth. Like I'd pull onto the lot and I'm like, oh my God, you get, you get the butterflies because I hadn't done this in a while. But then in the same breath almost, I was like, oh, but I've done this th literally thousands <laughs> of times before. So it was just, I got out of my car, went in the studio, like filled up my coffee at the coffee station, went and said good morning to the makeup room and, and checked in, went to my dressing room, got my clothes, you know, just things that I had literally done thousands of times before. And I was just kind of back in the system and I felt like I never left. And then I'd have moments where I'm like, oh, my God, dude, you haven't done this <laughs> for a long time. Um, and there's also that pressure of, like, you know, wanting to – because I am playing a different role. And it would be easy to have that mentality of – you know, I was very fortunate to have garnered a lot of popularity and support from the fans and the viewership when I was there before. And, and it would be easy to take that for granted and say, well, you loved me before. I'm back. You're going to love me again. And that's not 
the mindset that I had at all. It was like I, these fans are the most loyal, passionate fans out there. But you got to earn that that love and that respect and that trust. And so again, the pressure I felt of saying, okay, I'm I'm playing a different character, and I've I've been off the canvas for 13 years, and I have something to prove. And that's when you know that pressure started in to try to do that. So again. It is that feeling of kind of, we were saying this last night, actually, that it's this feeling of like kind of going home from the holidays from school or something like that. You know, it's that taste of home cooking and it's a very comfortable atmosphere. But at the same time, it's not a complacent situation either where I just I have something to prove and, and I'm working towards that. So you're not playing Brady, no, which you played we are the not. first time. I there am not. is currently a Brady on the show, yes. played by Eric Martzoff. Beautifully, by the way. I mean, he's killing it, obviously. Emmy winner and the whole thing. So first of all, knowing someone else was playing Brady, you know, back to the whole question of did you ever think you'd be back? I mean Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. It's it's one of those things where you, you know, you're like, well, I've been on the show before, played a different character. That character is is, you know, I can't play that character again. Is this ever is this even a possibility? You know what I mean? But in the annals of, of soap history, it's been done before. Uh, and, never mind on Days of Our Lives. Hi, exactly. Josh Taylor, currently right. on the canvas. Right. <laughs> you know, so it's it's one of those things where I knew that I wouldn't be setting a precedent, that I mm-hmm. wouldn't be doing something that's kind of outlandish and crazy. But at the same time, it's not a given either. You know, it has to be a very particular right situation. The story needs to be told very well. And, you know, being an actor under Ron Carlovati's pen is is a dream come true. I love that man as a writer. And, and so I knew that, like, the story that he had, and eventually we talked about it, um, it the, the story is incredible. It just, it fits. So it really helps me in a sense, because it could be very, um, I don't know, like awkward maybe or difficult. You know, a familiar face pops up on the screen and, and the fans are and I would be working, I've worked, you know, I'm working with people that I worked with before as an, as the other character. And so it's, it's my job and I guess, you know, the, the story's job to really, you see a familiar face as a fan and try to separate the history that I had with that familiar face and the storylines and the, the other characters and whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I almost, it's, it's as from an actor standpoint, I'm actually very happy that I'm playing a new character mm-hmm. because I feel like, you know. I was an entirely different person uh, when I was on that show before. I was a lot younger. You know, I'm 13 years removed from that. I'm a dad now. I've been through the, you know, the ups and downs of life and everything in between. And I have a much broader and deeper perspective on life in general. So what I can bring now to the table in terms of my work is is a lot different, um, a lot more refined, I think. So being able to do that with a different character is more inspiring to me to kind of say, okay, I can make this mine as opposed to trying to recreate something, um, you know, from the past. I'm curious. Um, I'm sure you have seen some folks over the years yeah. in the cast, but there ha- probably were some people you hadn't seen in yeah. 13 years or so. What are some of the reunions that stick out in your mind? It was so, it was, I'm laughing because it was so special. I didn't, I didn't take any of that for granted. It was like, it was kind of a series over the first few days that I was back. It didn't all happen in one day where I just see a familiar face and, and everything. And I mean, I, I'm not trying to, you know, say one's better than the other. I don't want to single anybody out. Everybody but was, we want you to. Okay, fine. <laughs> Rank order the specialness the of the most reunions. The special one was, <laughs> and the second most important one was. No, I, I, um, I have to say that everybody, and I mean, I'm not just being politically correct. Everybody was so, it was so humbling, the response when I walked into that studio again. Everybody was so, every, again, everybody from, you know, the actors in front of the camera to the crew behind the camera, the makeup room, stage managers, everybody, production staff. 
Um, but I have to say, though, I, I had a very special relationship with Drake Hogeston when I was on that show before. He played my father when I, you know, played Brady back in the day. And he became like a second father to me. I, you know, my dad, again, I'd left New York to move to L.A. and I didn't see my parents that much. And Drake was, um, again, he was like my, my second dad. And we had a lot of, you know, on-screen adventures with each other that really brought us very close together. And I hadn't seen him in so long. And th- we did have a very special moment. You know, there was this thing where you have to know Drake for this to be, you know, for you to connect to this, I think. But I was, I was, you know, walked into the makeup room and everybody's getting ready. And I didn't even see him yet. He was kind of off in the corner. And I just hear that voice like, hey, kid. <laughs> and if you know Drake, that's, and I just, I don't know. I don't want to be dramatic about it. My heart kind of skipped a beat because I knew the voice. Aww. And I walked over to him, and he got up from the chair, and it was a very, very special moment to see him again. And um, and we just talked and talked and talked. And I finished, you know, hair and makeup. He finished hair and makeup. And we went to his dressing room and talked and caught up. And that was that was very special. Um, but again, everybody, it was it was a very, it was very special. Everybody was wonderful. What do you think of Drake's hair? The silver fox. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's the best. He looks great. He's a handsome dude, man, and he's just—he's a. I, this is so cliche, but he's just fine wine. He's just getting better with age. He really, really Agreed. is. You know, Absolutely. so I look like him when I'm his age. I'll be very happy. Yeah, same. <laughs> um, now, Ali Sweeney and Farrah Fath were both back filming yeah, when you were there. Yeah. Did it feel like a total time warp? Back that's, to I, the that's, 90s? that's the phrase I was going to use. So we. It's an interesting thing, you know. That's the studio hasn't changed much. Maybe from a, like a aside from like a fresh coat of paint or something like that. But all it's it's all the sights and sounds and smells and I mean it's all the same. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And and then again, when you add like you know a, a lot of if not most of the same people again, both in front of and behind the camera, everybody who worked there's most of the people are still there. So it is this time warp where you're like. So I have a particular story, you know, Farah and Nadia and I, who worked t- together a lot back in the day, we were all standing on set in a big group scene, and we were kind of all looking at each other going like, did the past 13 years, like, ever, <laughs> did, the, did that happen? Have we been punked? You know, it, it's like, did, we've gone through some weird back to the future situation, <laughs> like, I get to, you know, relive the past 13 years over again, and, you know. Um, so yeah, it, Time Warp is a perfect, perfect saying for it. Um, that's exactly how we how I felt. I had to kind of let me take inventory and be like, okay, yeah, the third past thirteen years did happen. You know, I, I, and you know, let's move on from there because you can get caught up in the fact of that nothing's ever really changed around here. Um, but it's yeah, it was so. But we all, of course, different people. You know, I mean, everybody kind of looks the same. I mean, I, I look a little bit older, I think. But um, you know, we're like Nadia's a, a mom now, and I'm a dad, and and there's different stories to talk about as opposed. You know, what are we doing? You know. Where are we going to grab cocktails on Friday night? It's like, well, I got to get home and feed the kids and, <laughs> and, and you know, do that domestic stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's different. But, you know, it, it's it's really cool. You really, without even thinking about it, all these wonderful times and memories just kind of flood back to you. And you're just kind of giddy about it. It was fun. Well, tell us about your encounter with Eric Martzolf himself and the relationship between <laughs> the two of you. Eric and I have known each other for a very long time, dating back to, I want to say, when did he get on Passions? Like 2000. Three, two, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think two thousand two. Um, I met him for the it first time wrong. at an NBC party. I think it was the NBC Upfronts, um, and we found out he was coming in to play the new Ethan on Passions, and he was there at the party. And I introduced myself, and Eric and I are like the same person. Um, you know, we have we have 
the musical theater backgrounds and and we have a lot of the same interests in music and sports and and in general there's a lot of the same interests in life and he's one of my favorite people he's such a great guy to be around and i remember you know i won't get into the details of this but you know i remember they were recasting the role of brady or whatnot and and i really personally could not <laughs> think of like a, a more qualified or better person i know that sounds weird to say it's not like i'm you know have dominion over that. But it, in my personal humble opinion at the time, I was like, this is like, he's it. There's, he's, he's, we're the same guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, again, one of my favorite people, I think that he's, he has taken that role. I mean, look, he's, he's played that role so much longer than I did. It's, he's, it's, he truly has made that his own, won an Emmy for it and, and, um, just took it and ran with it. So, when I first, um, I'm, I, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. How do I say this? We, we have an, I'm going to say that we have an encounter on screen, and that's all I'm going to say. Okay. It's really creative. It's really funny. Very well thought out. But, yeah, I think that because of what he's done with that role and the fact that he's played it for so long, I don't think it's, I, I don't think that people are going to have, you know, some kind of a weird um, issue with that, in my, in my opinion. I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to be the case. Some fans have accepted Stranger Things, let's be honest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And again, I, I really mean this. You know, Ron and the writers have done an incredible job of, of you know, this could, it, it could either work or it can't based on, in my opinion, the writing. You know, I just do what's on the page and, and then try to stay in contact with, with the producers and them to make sure that I'm doing exactly what they want. But what's written right now, I believe, is, is really, really well done. I, I think it's going to be a very seamless kind of transition with me coming on, playing a new character and Eric and playing Brady doing that <laughs> thing. And I don't think it, from, aside from a, a few kind of like, oh, my God, this is an interesting scene or something to watch. You know, aside from that, I think it's going to be very seamless. Have you responded to the call for Brady by the stage manager? Okay, so here's, <laughs> I actually, no, that hasn't happened. But I was, the first couple of days I was, you know, go, rifling through the script, highlighting my lines and whatnot. And there were a couple of times where I'd be highlighting, you know, my character's dialogue or whatnot. And I'd turn the page, it was a new scene, and the Brady character was there, and I kept highlighting. Because <laughs> it was like second. Right. Or even I'd look at the breakdown schedule for the day, and I'd be like, oh, I'm working with her? And I was like, no, you're not, Kyle, because <laughs> you're not working with her. You're not in that set. You know, so... Because you're not playing Brady. That, that, that's exactly, so that, that, that just definitely happened a couple times. But just in the beginning. Now it's, it's a totally, you know, different animal. Mm-hmm. So you said that the studio is pretty much the same, save for a possible refresh on the paint. Exactly, yeah. But and sometimes is- not. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> but what about, um, like, what has changed? Because obviously we all hear about the quickened pace and so forth. I was just going to so say forth. that. That's mm-hmm. what it is. I think that, you know, the soap opera genre has always been a very faster-paced um, medium. But it is just the nature of the beast now with trying to get as much um, – footage in the can and get as much content um, done as possible. The pace has quickened. So that was, I think, the hardest adjustment for me. Um, it's all, like I said, it's always been fast, um, which I think is is great as an a-, a young actor like I was at the time, because you really have to um, deliver the goods, if you will, right? You don't have the time to really um, kind of wallow in your own actor stuff, you know, to say, give me like 10 takes and I'll get it. No, you got to get it. You got to know your stuff. You got to hit your mark, find your light, know your lines and deliver the goods. Having been removed from the genre for a while um, and then coming back, I found that that was a little, 
I don't want to go as far as saying it was stressful, but it was definitely a little jarring um, to begin with. I knew that, you know, I always come, I show up to the set early and, and you know, know my lines, and that can be verified <laughs> if, you, if you ask around. But it's just, just knowing that I, you know, there's really not a lot of room for error. Um, they don't say that because, they, you know, they want you to do a good job, but just it's kind of a known thing that know your stuff and do it and do it well, and, and then let's get on to the next scene. So that was, I think that is the biggest change. Um, don't be the person who messes up the don't day. Don't be for that guy, <laughs> or, or, or you know, met that that man or woman. Like, know your stuff. And look, you flub a line, you forget a line. It's not you're not going to get crucified for it. But just make sure that you're. I think just make sure you're prepared. You can't. You, you. I'm stumbling over myself right now when I'm speaking. It happens. You know, that's not an issue. But just be prepared, and be prepared to try to get a lot of you know stuff done in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So. So you obviously have a good relationship with Ken Corday. You yeah. uh, spearheaded with Michael Caruso the creation yeah. of a series based on Ken's novel, Ladies of the Lake, and you just had a season two. Very much so, so. tell us about that and just the whole process and where it Ken, all stands. Yeah, you know, Ken has always been, um, he's been the best boss I've ever had and just a really great guy. And, um, you know, he gave, I know I've talked about this in interviews before, so I won't, you know, go fully into it, but, you know, he gave me an opportunity where he wrote that novel, Ladies of the Lake, and like I said, I've told the story, but basically I said, I think that this is a cool TV miniseries, and the long and the short of it is he said, go make it, you know, and he he and Corday Productions, you know, got behind it, and they backed it, and funded it, and the whole thing, and I partnered with Michael Caruso, like, like you said, who I've known since college, and we became business partners and producing partners, and yeah, we released the first season, and it, on Amazon, and it blew up. I mean, it was so humbling to see the response to that and, and the analytics and the numbers and the viewership. It was just off the charts. Um, so it was enough for Ken to say, let's let's do a sequel. Let's do another one. So we just, June 17th, I think, is when the second season came out. And that is currently up on Amazon right now. Um, if you search Ladies of the Lake Return to Avalon, mm-hmm. uh, you can find it. And that is doing that's doing very well as well. So yeah, I'm very, very pleased with the um, with the response with those two seasons. Now, one of the stars of season two is Ms. Ariane Zucker, yes. who is also your ex-wife. Yes, she is, absolutely. Uh, so the two of you really sort of are um, poster children for co-parenting and getting along We have the most un- <laughs> you know, inexplicable, bizarre situation. People really, I really can't explain it. I've, try, I've tried before. She's one of my best friends in the world. Um, I'm just going to say it. I mean, I house it for her when she goes out of town, and, and um, she's one of, one of my best friends, if not my best friend. We grew up together, you know? I met her when I was 19, and uh, I got married young, got married at 21, and uh, I've known her ever since. We share a child together. We were married for, what, 13 years, and without, you know, making people fall asleep right now, I think <laughs> that I, if I were to try to explain it, you know, generalize it as much as I can, you just have that person where... You, again, you, you grew up with them. They're so important to you in your life. And you sh- obviously you share it. I share a child with her. And so, you know, we didn't get, without getting too personal, I guess, you know, we didn't get a divorce because of any kind of traumatic, you know, uh, incident or trust lost or infidelity or whatever the case is. It was you literally just kind of, you know, uh, you drift apart or you say, you know, you, I take a bullet for you literally, but like, you're not my person, I guess is the best way I can describe it in terms of my romantic, you know, person or whatever. And I think I'm saying too much. I think my point is, is that it's, she has become, you know, she's always, always has been and still is, you know, a very, not only is she the mother of my child, but she's a very, very dear friend and there's just nothing but love and support and care there. So. Well, it sounds, I feel like 
at the kernel of what you're saying is that there is mutual respect, you know, which sometimes You are saying can, it. This is why you're a journalist and I'm not, <laughs> because that is exactly right. There is such a mutual respect there and a love and a trust and a care and all of that. So, yeah, without a doubt. You know, a lot of people try to paint this picture of, like, because it makes them feel better, I think, to try to say, oh, they don't get along or it's going to be weird if they were ever working together. And it's just, no, it's like, we, Michael and I wanted her on Ladies of the Lake, you know? She's an incredible actress. I think that... In addition to her personal life, I've always respected her work as well, you know, and she's an incredible mom. It's like, why wouldn't you want somebody like that around? So, yeah. And you're also kind of close with her significant other, Sean Christian, as well. You know, Sean, you know, her boyfriend is a buddy of mine, and I think he's an awesome dude. Again, I don't want to get too personal, but, you know, we, we have dinner together. We barbecue together. Sean is a ridiculous cook. And makes the best margarita I've ever had in my life, you know, so I kind of benefit from that situation, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, and I think Her boyfriends the, have to pass, like, a bartending test with you. Yeah, which, right, well, I don't even bother. I don't even go in there. I show up, I'm like, what can I do? And he's like, nothing, man. I was like, good, because I'm not going to try. Because I'm not going to be able to match up to this. And, but I think the most important thing, again, without getting too dramatic about this, but, I, you know, Izzy, our daughter, is just surrounded by so much fun and love and, and care. And there's no, you know... She's back and forth between my house and their house, and, and there's just nothing but love and fun and, and all of that. And I think that's the most, in, and laughs and love, and I think that's the most important thing, you know, that she's coming out of this without feeling like it's, um, you know, there's no negative there. Sounds pretty ideal. Like, yeah. you know. I can't, you know, I don't think I've ever really truly, you know, it, it was not something that, I, I think this is important. It, it was never forced. I never said, this is the situation that we want, and we're going to have to try to make this work. It was a very organic Situation, the way it all, you know, I look back and it just all seamlessly was that way. And I think to your point, it was just always a, res- a mutual respect with all parties involved and, and nothing but love there. And it just organically turned into this, you know, this quote unquote modern family, I guess, if you will. Well, uh, based on your Insta stories that Izzy is quite the star of, um, she, she seems pretty oh well God. adjusted and Izzy, all together. That kid is eight going on 18. It's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. No, she's, I'm so lucky. I can't take credit for, I'm her dad and I do the best I can, obviously, on a daily basis. But I, that, that girl is, I'm so proud of her. You know, she's, I'll gloat for a second, you know, but I, she's, she's killing it in school. She's a killer athlete. And she's an awesome kid, you know? She's, um, I don't feel, I have to be careful sometimes because sometimes I feel like I'm hanging out with my buddy, you know, because <laughs> she's so with it. I mean, she's, her sar- her level of sarcasm and, and uh, wit is is off the charts, you know? So sometimes she gets me where I'm like, wow, she just, she just threw that in my face and I <laughs> love it, you know what I mean? Um, she's amazing. She just rolls with it. She's had a very... Um, I guess maybe a little bit of a different childhood that's when maybe what's quote-unquote normal, I guess. You know, she had a frequent flyer number um, when she was two. You know, <laughs> right. she's been in and out of airports. and tra- She's a heck of a traveler. It's unbelievable. You know, she wants to go to the kiosk and get the tickets and, and you know— we're going through security, and she's like, Dad, make sure you take your shoes off. I was like, thanks, honey. She's professional. I, I got it. <laughs> I got it. Um, you know, we get through security, and she's looking up at the monitors, and she's like, Dad, we're C-13. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, just take it from here. In fact, <laughs> carry my bag if you want, because you got it. You know, she's immediately looking out. She's like, we got about an hour here. You know, let's find a California pizza kitchen in the airport. And we, no, she's all over it. And that's just kind of her in life. And and. What I'm saying is I didn't specifically teach that. We didn't have an airport lesson. (laughs) You know what I mean? But she's just with it. You know, she's walked red carpets just because of the nature of her parents' business and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I think she's just very comfortable 
in social adult settings, it's sometimes I need to dial it back and say, let's not forget about your childhood here at the same time, which I'm not worried about, but mm-hmm. I'm mindful of it at the same time. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm like, let's not skip 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. You know, let's not go from 8 to 16 overnight. Let, right. Let's go through the process. But um, at the same time, I enjoy it because she's, you know, she wants to do dance parties in the car and you know, we'll do a funny video of her and I dancing. I pick her up from school or whatnot, and she's just like, Dad, make sure you post that. <laughs> or something like, you know, we'll do a little dance, and I'll be like, that's so cute. And I'll go, and she's like, well, let's do one more. Let's take two. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, I don't we got to dial this in a little bit. <laughs> um, well, speaking of your Instagram, I'm a little worried You've gotten out of shape, it looks like. Yeah. I think that I post to try to, to keep myself motivated. <laughs> it's like, all right, man, you got it. People are counting and you look a certain way at this point. No, I, I, I feel like it's, it's, it really is inspirational. The things that, that you apparently do in the gym should be inspiring to anyone looking to get in look, shape. Look, I'm not getting any younger, so I, I definitely, you know, the gym has, maybe this is a good platform to kind of explain myself. <laughs> no, I, the, going to the gym and fitness and working out has always been a part of my life. I started lifting weights when I was 14 to train for football. So um, it's always been there. And then just by the nature of my career, just I started out, you know, modeling when I was younger to make extra money when I first moved to L.A. And that's obviously a part of it, just the physicality and staying in shape. And then I got on Days of Our Lives and, you know, needed to be in shape for that. And so between, you know, sports when I was younger and then my actual job, it really just became my lifestyle. You know, um, it's like. I tell, I tell people all the time, you know, how do you get to a point where you do that? And I, I think the best way I can answer that is it's just kind of my normal. You know, it's like you wake up every morning and you have stuff you do that day. You know, you, know, you have to, you know, you got to eat, you got to go to work or there's some things you have to do and then and go to sleep at night. And I think that going, you know, working out or going to the gym is something that is just tied into that. You know, I don't want to be self-righteous about it. I mean, there are some times where I'm like, I don't want to do this today. And I just won't. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, 99% of the time, it's like, this is what I do. And like I, my point is, you know, I'm, I'm not getting any younger either. So um, it used to be I can go a couple times a week or I have a shirtless scene coming up or a shirtless photo shoot or something. And I was like, all right, for the next three days, I'm going to go hard, you know, and, and get in shape. Now it's, it has to be a constant maintenance thing. I can't just bounce, bounce into it in like a couple days. So I just feel like let me just get ahead of the curve and just do it, you know, as much as I can and then I'll be prepared. So to speak, especially if you're, you know, getting your margarita and barbecue on all the time. <laughs> with uh, and Sean, yeah. with it and also Sean, gives like, me the, that's now. a great point, though. It gives me the opportunity. Look, I, I follow a, a Sean's a, no slouch either. I feel. <laughs> no, I got to keep up with those two, you know, Jesus. And he, you know, he's a, a little bit older than I am. I'm trying to be respectful. But and so it, I'm like, dude, you're yeah, keep up with you. And Ari's in great shape, the whole thing and people I hang out with. And it's it's there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, total um, pressure. But yeah, it's 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 one of those things where, and I follow you know a diet, but it's not strict. I think to your point, you know, it, it was like I want to be able to have a life. I want to eat what I want and drink what I want and and do that sort of thing. So if I just put in the work, then I can do that. You know, I, I don't personally ever want to be in a situation where I'm like, eh, I'm gonna not gonna eat that right now because I'm you know I want to no I want to be like yeah bring it on mm-hmm. and give me thirds <laughs> at the same time you know so yeah and I just. All joking aside, it's been really cool. I get a lot of DMs and a lot of messages from people that um, ask every questions from everything about, you know, what to do in the gym or a plan or diet or motivation or things like that. And I think that not to be cheesy about it, I really mean this. I think that if it's helping people in their own life, then I think that's pretty 
cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what it's kind of transitioned into. And I try to respond as much as I can to people with their questions and whatnot. I, I, I do get a lot, and, and I do my best to respond. But um, So if you are sending me messages and I don't respond, I'm, it's not personal. I, I will get back to you as soon as I can. It's because he's drinking margaritas. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and barbecuing. But yeah, so keep them coming because I do. it means a lot to me, and I do try to answer them. But that's what it's kind of evolved into. They're like, what was that crazy thing you were doing in the gym the other day, and what does that do for you? Um, I enjoy answering those questions, and I'm like, look, try it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Or don't because, you know, consult a doctor first because you might hurt yourself. So. Right. Um, now, before we let you go, what can you tease about your Salem return, which is coming up very soon? I'm going to do the best I can without putting my foot in my mouth here. Okay. Um, you might have to, like, cut this off if I say too much. <laughs> no, I'm I'm coming back into Salem, and I, I play a character who's just, um, he's, oh, God, how do I do this and tease? He's a really interesting dude. Um, he has a lot of connections with people uh, in, in Salem, um, connections with some vets who've been there for a while. And um, he has a really cool personality. He's going to be one of those guys where I think you're going to kind of love to hate him a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which I like. It makes him a little more interesting. And uh, working with, I work with a smorgasbord of familiar faces over there. So I think that the journey that people, the, the viewership is going to have with the first few months of me airing there and, and to this day is going to be really fun because I'm going to be interacting with a lot of people that I've interacted in, in the past with um, as a new face and as a new guy. So I think it's going to be um, really cool. I wish I had my first air date. It's in early October, mm-hmm. but I will be tweeting and posting about that. I'm sure you guys will as well. Yes. Are you excited that it's finally going to be airing? You've been I sitting am. on this I for am. so long? You know, there's six months ahead and shooting-wise. So I've been there. I've been working there for, you know, almost six months now. So um, I'm ready for to finally kind of get out there and, you know, see what people think. You know, I'll take I'll take the love. I'll take the hate. I'll take, you know, whatever it is. But um, I hope you enjoy it. So because I think it's I'm not just saying this because it's me coming on in the show. I really do objectively think that this is Ron Carlovati and, and the writers have done an incredible job with this story, in my humble opinion. So um, enjoy. Well, we look forward to seeing it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me in studio. And raising the bar for everyone else. When you go back to work, (laughs) tell everyone, use those frequent flyer miles. It's worth it just to sit with Stephanie and Mara. It's totally worth it. And you don't have to deal with bad cell phone connection and all that kind of stuff. So thanks for having me, ladies. This was so fun. So fun to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Kyle Lauder, who was our in-studio guest today. Be sure to pick up the new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.